0: this little brief piece from abc tells us so much about how the mockingbirds view republican democracy
1: the court sharply limited the ability the authority of the government the epa to limit climate uh, greenhouse gas emission the ability the authority of the government and then he says the epa
0: see this is what we've been up against it's this creeping insurrection this rolling insurrection and we're in the midst of this but for whatever reason John Roberts decided to get his head back together or or pay off a debt or whatever has happened Uh, he and his court have given America what I think is the last gasp last chance for Republican form of democracy Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Soda Weight Loss at SodaWeightLoss.com now has a second family member of mine in their care looking to drop unwanted fat as my wife and another family member joined up. See, I really do. I I speak about these partners the same way in private that I do in the podcast. Otherwise, we wouldn't have family members doing this. It's sodaweightloss.com. We are living in the midst of a rolling insurrection. And it's interesting because it goes back to the three-layer cake theory. I don't know that the bureaucracies began uh, with the, with the idea of an insurrection against Republican forms of democracy. but I've no no confusion at all in that one of the biggest mistakes this country has ever made was the creation of these bureaucracies with any form of enforcement capability. And the second big mistake, well this not not an order, but another big mistake was allowing these agencies to create rules that take effect as law unless Congress votes to stop them. It's an utter reversal of what it is to live in a Republican form of democracy, and that's an environment that will, you know, stew up people who want to have power over others. It's it's an environment of control, and it's an environment of unfettered control. And this is what we are now seeing the result of a a almost fully metastasized rule by just blank faced paper pushers. And I'm not trying to dehumanize them. I'm saying blank faced in that we don't know most of their names because they get to hide behind a bureaucracy where they're paid on average three times as amount amount of of money per year than the average American uh, to rule average Americans. And it is no accident that they get into their heads that they are better than, than the people they rule over. Because look at the dynamics. They are paid three times on average the, what, what Americans earn. They get a retirement that in comparison to what other Americans live with is an obscenity. You know, to work to, to get paid to not work for the rest of one's life after twenty years of getting paid three times as much money as the people who pay you—it's an obscenity. Um, then, point of fact is that you don't actually have to work in federal bureaucracies. You can go a year without showing up for your job, and there's very little that can be done to you because they have—they've—they've they've installed themselves as this kind of blood tick on the body politic. And again, I'm not trying to dehumanize them. I'm just describing this dynamic that was bound to happen, particularly when Congress punted the authority to create law over to these agencies. And so if you look at the, at the party, as we talk about the party here, and if you're new to the podcast, we don't really focus on Republican good Democrat bad because it's, it's, I'm not going to go out and vote for Democrats. Unless a godly Democrat comes along who happens to be desirous of going back to the way the country was designed, which would make that person a Republican. Uh, but it's not operable anymore to say Republican good, Democrat bad in the era of the deep state in the party. So if you're new to the podcast, the party is um the deep state like you think of them but deep state used to be just the intelligence services what we've watched with the covid response is fda cdc they're part of that um academia tech and finance and the big guys the money behind this is the big pharma and the mockingbird media that's that's the party so in other words <laughs> the institutions and Americans are beginning to catch on to the fact that that we live right now in a time where the institutions are rotted. But there's great news, and it's it's a moment that we're going to have to grasp. And, and that is what, for whatever reason, and I hope that, I, I just, I, I can't begin to discern why John Roberts is okay on some of these things, or even enthusiastic about some of these things. And some of them represent for us the last chance at Republican form of democracy. Uh, There's an article in the federalist um, by Kenneth Calvert. uh, And the question he asks is, is our country bound to fall like Rome? He quotes Thomas Jefferson, John Adams in 1819. Jefferson wrote, I asked myself, what was the government, which the virtues of Cicero were so zealous to restore, and the ambition of Caesar to subvert, I do not stay to restore it because they never had it. If their people indeed had been like ours, enlightened, peaceable, and, and really free, the answer would be obvious. Restore independence to all your foreign conquests. Relieve Italy from the government of the rabble of Rome. Consult it as a nation entitled to self-government and do its will. And, of course, that didn't happen. And, and he goes on to discuss the falling of Rome. And ultimately, under this level of oppression, not oppression, but, uh, uh, but theft and grift and graft and, and cons. And the writer here goes on to say that he doesn't believe America will fall like Rome. Kenneth Calvert, professor at Hillsdale College, because we have a stronger um, foundation, that Rome never had the foundation of freedom. Rome never had the foundation of treating people like beings created by God and therefore having rights that are unalienable. And a, a, a set of founding papers, which includes, incidentally, uh, a statement in the Declaration of Independence that it's within our rights to overthrow our government at a certain point. It says it right there in the Declaration of Independence which people on the left are people who are um, poorly educated about the founding documents. They'll separate that from the Constitution, but they have to be taken together because one was the foundation for the other. So I don't necessarily share Professor Calvert's belief that a strong foundation means something cannot fall, Uh, particularly when the foundation is attacked. And we are facing attack from without, and we're also facing attack from within. And the, the hoax response to COVID shows just how rotted things are from the, you know, from, from the inside. And the foundation is now to the point of attack from the outside, which has moved inward. In the colleges and the schools, that they're now attacking babies that are just born. And they're attacking uh, kindergarten kids, the minds and the spirits and the souls of kindergarten kids. That's how far along in this battle they are. But the Supreme Court gives us an opportunity to right-size something. But understand this. If we right-size it and do not, do not turn our face to God, do not get to our knees, then this won't rescue us. It might give us a little bit of breathing room, but it won't rescue us. And ultimately, overall, let's never forget this. There is no real rescue from man. We can't even rescue ourselves. So there is no real rescue from man. The only real rescue comes um, in in the form of the Lord Jesus. So the people are sensing this. There is a a majority of Americans believe the country's on the wrong track. We talked about this earlier this week, including 78% of Democrats Percentage of Democrats since last month saying the country is headed in the wrong direction rose from 66%, 10-point bump up with Democrats, so they see it too. And it's not the abortion ruling, although that's helpful, and certainly it's going to save a lot of lives, and certainly I believe God smiles upon that, thou shalt not murder. God values children. He knew us before we were born. He counted the names on our heads or probably the hairs on our heads before we were born. So he knew us, he considered us life in his mind, in, in the, the timeless mind of God. He considered us life as he contemplated us. So to, to say that abortion isn't in the Bible is accurate, then it's also complete nonsense and, and utterly meant to be nonsense. It's the ruling about the, um, the EPA. And it has people absolutely legitimately wigged. Because what the Roberts court said um, in the six to three majority was to the EPA, you got the rights from Congress to manage water, the Clean Water Act, but that doesn't give you the right to go restructure America's electrical system or its fuel delivery system or it's power lines and power generation system, our, our energy grid, nothing in the clean water. I gave you that right. You can't just seize that. You can't just say, well, this is all related to clean water. And one helpful way to think about this is if you hire a plumber to come in and install a, a new bathroom, and you come home and that plumber has brought some friends around and they knock your house down and raise it to the ground and build a four-story mansion for which they expect you to pay. And you say, What are you talking about? I hired you to build a bathroom. Yeah, but the bathrooms connected to everything else and everything else sucked. I didn't care for the rest of the house. I didn't feel it was I, I didn't feel it was worthy of you. Or I guess a better way to view this would be you hire a plumber to come in and fix your bathroom when you come home and he's put in, um, you know, he, he's put in those eco toilets, um, those dry toilets, the Bill Gates toilets in your house where the um, the, the feces rots below your house. Or it dries out. I mean, I actually fine toilets, but if, you, if it's not what you wanted. Oh, no, just this is better for the environment. So I did it anyway. I know I didn't ask you. By the way, I took out those, y'all. You know, the shower heads in there, I took those out. I put in a basin and you can light that up with a solar panel I installed. If you decide you wanna take a bath, it shouldn't take more than two weeks to heat the water. So just think in advance and you'd sue them. I didn't give you the right to do that. Yeah, but it's all connected. And that's exactly what the EPA has been doing. But because this can apply to the rest of the bureaucracy, this is a key case and we can't overlook it. It is key also for the CDC and the FDA. Because their bureaucratic agencies does not, the the CDC never had the right to come around and say, shut down the economy. They, They never, ever had the right for any of that. They've got the right to advise on public health, but they don't have the right to rule, to create laws like this. That was never contemplated by men who founded the country who wanted it to be difficult to create laws. They didn't want it to be easy. And the more controversial the law, the harder they wanted it to be to pass. Checks and balances were designed to create gridlock. Unless you won hearts and minds of the people so that the elected representatives were overwhelmed or felt that they must act, then if they want to stay in power or in office, and that's something else that the, the, the founders didn't want, they didn't want office to be cozy, then they would do that. That's the only way they would do it is they felt overwhelmed or that they had to because of the people in their district. But this isn't what the party wants. The party is dang well sick of debate. The party is sick of hearing us. The party is sick of our little concerns like our bank accounts and our houses and our freedoms and our second amendment and our fourth amendment. They're sick of all these things because it encumbers them. I mean, just imagine how frustrating it must be to be the smartest people in the world and people won't, simply won't do what you say. And to boil this down into a, a DC view, if you were, let's say, trying to teach um, a, let's, let's be fair, if you're trying to teach uh, a nine-year-old kid how to change a spare tire, and you came and you, you were showing him. Okay, here's what we're going to do. While the tires down on the grounds, um, touching the ground, we're going to loosen the bolts here. No, I prefer to jack it up first. But then the tire will spin. Nope, nope. Okay, fine. Try it that way. All right, you're turning, you're, you're, you're turning the wrench the wrong way. You're, you're turning the star wrench the wrong way. No, I'm going to turn it this way. I'm, so those are reverse threaded. You're, you can't lose it. No, get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. i am doing it on my own. I'll do it on my own. That's how they view us. Because they view themselves as so utterly brilliant that it has to be deeply, deeply frustrating to have people who simply will not say, okay, because you said I'll do it that way. And this is borne out through this book I talk about from time to time, What DC Gets Wrong. They, they polled the people who work in the beltway who legitimately have no idea who we are, they legitimately think not, very few of us have houses. They think we've got a lot less money than we do. They think that we know a lot less about government than we do. They think that we don't know the most fundamental things about government. And at the same time, they, they think things like six, you know, 50% of the country is same sex attracted. They think things like this. They've, they have an absolute misunderstanding of who we are, which goes back to Rome. So the Romans at the top, they didn't understand all the areas they had conquested and conquered. They didn't understand the nuances of Italian society versus Greek society. They didn't care to understand. They were the empire. Why would they need to understand? They were Caesar. I mean, Caesar became decided, hey, well, I'll, I'll be a God. Now I can do whatever I want because I'll justify it by saying, I'm oh a God, I don't need to understand these people. Now, we're not quite to the point of these people being gods, but we're not that far away. I mean, if you go from D.C. up to the top and you go to the World Economic Forum, they do consider themselves godlike creatures who are going to have actual real intelligent design. And you know that. But we're not quite to those guys ruling us yet. But notice something. When they decided to install the lockdowns, when they decided to do that, and and that goes part and parcel with BlackRock demanding that the treasury conjure all this money, this 360 billion bucks, they didn't come to elected officials. They went to the bureaucracies. When event 201 occurred, you didn't see a bunch of congressmen and senators invited to that. You saw a bunch of faceless paper pushers invited to that. You saw members of the party invited to that so when they began planning event 201 was the plan of how they were going to roll SARS-CoV-2 out I'm convinced of that it just fits too well so when they did that it was with the bureaucracies because they grew to understand we don't need the elected officials we don't need to convince people anymore or if you like take the uh, attack on on kids mental health with the gender ideology lie that was specifically rolled out through state agencies in the foreign country of Washington state, the separate country of Washington state, they went to the so-called human rights commission and they paid those guys off. And they went to the YMCA of Pierce in, in, and Pierce County. uh, Yeah. Pierce. I think it's Pierce and Kitsap County. I know it's Pierce County, YWCA there. And they paid those guys off in my opinion. And there's a paper trail to show that. So how I've developed the opinion, they went behind the scenes They went to the FACES paper pushers, they went to the teachers unions, they went to the library associations, they went everywhere but the elected officials because this is what happens when you hand power this way. The importance of the ruling on the EPA is that vital. That what Roberts has given Congress the chance to do is to go back and say, no, You are not going to any longer have the ability to snap your fingers and create a law that is really just a regulation, but you get to treat it as law. And in fact, Roberts is signaling, if you don't do this, other people can come and sue. They can sue the FDA. They can sue the CDC. They can sue the national education or the the NEA. That's a a union. They can sue the Department of Education. And they're going to get the same result because this is the precedence now that Roberts, the Roberts court has set. They'll get the same result. So Congress, if you want any of this stuff to stick, you're going to have to do this work. And in in doing that, you may well have a chance to rescue the country from this completion of this insurrection. Because what is the goal of an insurrection? The goal of an insurrection is a coup. It is a takeover. And that's what this Roberts court has given us an opportunity. The Supreme court has given us an opportunity to avoid is the completion of the insurrection. And here's how, how, how we describe this, this balance in which we hang, you see Joe Biden and we all understand that man runs nothing. That's the template they're seeking. You know, Obama was the opposite of that. Obama ran everything, including Joe Biden. And I believe Obama is behind a whole bunch of this stuff. And I believe that's borne out as well. So it's important to understand what this ruling could mean and then how we act on it. So let's examine how the mockingbirds are viewing this in more depth as they try to explain this, I think more to themselves than to the American people. I think this is a lot of internal processing, in other words. I, it should be um, noted. I, I just, I, I think it should be noted, that my wife has hidden her soda bars from me. SOTA, weightloss.com stands for state of the art. I, I think it should be noted. Just, just here for the record, for the public record, that a couple of weeks ago, I asked if I could have one of those soda weight loss bars. She said, yeah, you can have one. And, and they're so good that then I had a couple. And then I started to manufacture sort of this, I don't know if it's an excuse, but we haven't been able to get blueberries where we live. Maybe that's happened to you as well. And blueberries is a staple food for me. In fact, it's one of my five staple foods. So then I started to convince myself, well, I need those bars so I asked my wife, could I have more? She eventually cut me off. So the other day I said, you know what? I, I honestly, I have no blueberries and I just, I have to get to the gym. May I please have a soda bar? And she, she said, oh yeah, they're in the same place. I went, look, and <laughs> they're gone. And she said, oh, that's right. I hid them. I, I forgot where I hid them from you. Now, look, not everything is a soda bar. Not everything is as, as simple as that. But Soda Weight Loss will do a lot of interviewing of you when you get into wanting to drop unwanted fat from your body. Dropping unwanted fat from your body, it will increase your sleep effect- effectiveness, efficacy of your sleep. It will increase the way you taste food. It, will, it can help you taste foods more, more dramatically because of the fat molecules that end up in your nose. It makes it difficult for you to taste. It can stop you from snoring. It can prevent joint pain. It can, in fact, alleviate joint pain that you have today. And that's not, that's, that's not a hard thing to test for. You know, we've given the metaphor many times in the program of, of go ahead and pick up a 150 pound bag of rice and see how long you can carry it around. That's what I carried on my body, not rice, but fat in that amount. So whatever you're carrying on your body, if you don't want it and you have not been successful ridding yourself of it, seek help. And then know this. The conversation you and I are having right now, this instant, is very similar to the one I just had with a loved one a few weeks ago. In fact, we talked about it twice. And finally, we sat at dinner, of all places, talking about dropping unwanted fat from her body. And I went to the Soda Weight Loss website, SodaWeightLoss.com, and showed her on my phone. And the next thing I know, I got a note from her and she said, I called them. They were so nice. I'm getting started on this. So there's the science. There's the fact they hold themselves accountable. There's 7,000 Google reviews, average 4.8 stars. There's people like me, I've met some people who've been on the program at Soda Weight Loss, took off 150 pounds, so it's what I took off. There's my wife having so much success with the Soda Weight Loss program. There's me representing it to friends, and now, in fact, recommending it to family members. That's a consistency. And that's what you'll get when you contact them at SodaWeightLoss.com. S-O-T-A Weightloss.com. It stands for state-of-the-art because they are. SodaWeightLoss.com. so much you can tell in these clips two parts this is um two parts abc news talking about the decision um the supreme court made to right size the relationship with um with with the epa and us and you can hear it in, in, in. it's not really a panic. And in fact, Newsbusters said that they whine. I don't know that this is whining. Um, and I got the clips from Newsbusters. Thanks to them for that. But I think this is more inter- internal processing. Do you ever process things internally? They keep like a conversation that doesn't go well, or you have a debate about something you should do at work. And so like for me, I, I will process when I walk or when I exercise, depending on the form of exercise. If it's not like, you know, 90-second sprints at something because good luck processing then. But like this weekend, I did an hour and three-minute workout with something like 1,400 reps in it. And it gave me a lot lot of time to think about why am I doing this again? And I got that. But it gave me a lot of time
1: to process. I think they're sort of internally processing here. On the law side, that's climate change. And in that case, uh, the court in both opinions, by the way, by Chief Justice John Roberts, the court sharply limited the ability, the authority of the government, the EPA, to limit climate uh, greenhouse gas emissions. And they did so because they said uh, that that question, as it was addressed in the Obama administration, which set up a cap-and-trade policy trying to limit climate change emissions, that that is the kind of question that is so large, affects so much of the American economy that it requires Congress to address it and not an agency of the executive branch. And that not only will affect climate change in a major way, but it will also have ripple effects right through to the federal government because this is a landmark opinion saying uh, reviving the notion that on big big questions of national policy the national legislature congress must make the law and the agencies execute
0: okay so right from the very beginning we go back to this this rolling insurrection we're in abc treats as fact that what the epa wants to do is going to stop global warming they slip and say that instead of climate change And they accept this as fact, although it is wildly debatable. And in my judgment, it's utter junk if you simply look at the history of Earth's temperatures throughout time, like the Renaissance, where we had this massive high, the temperatures were huge. And there was no internal combustion engine, no outside influence that would have caused that. And incidentally, it was very good for society. It brought a lot of people out of poverty, et cetera. So it's it's utterly debatable, if not already disproven, that they treat that as fact. They also treat as fact that the goal is to do away with greenhouse gases. But they ignore within this dynamic the fact that the, that the solar panels themselves cannot be made with solar power, that they, in fact, contain elements that are going to have to be tossed into what a landfill for 10 million half years or 10 million years. It, it, it never goes away. They're, they're going to ignore all of that. These massive solar farms like they're seizing, all not seizing, but getting all this land in Indiana to create this massive solar farm. Those things burn out. The windmills burn out. They're going to have to be buried one day and processed through. They ignore all of this because the Mockingbird media is tied into the party thinking. They love EPA. They love the CDC because they're part of that smart group. They get to have dinner with those people and be part of that smart group. So it is sort of a um, self-fulfilling prophecy that look at me so smart on ABC, and I am so, in fact, smart that I get to go hang out with all these smart people at all these important dinners and do all these things, which stands in stark contrast to our model, which is the Lord of the universe didn't go hang out with all the smart people. He went to the small towns. He came to people like us. He went to the broken And this comparison between the Lord of the universe talking about a permanent issue that is the residence of your soul, where your soul will reside forever, went about it in a completely different way from these people. So even on the model of leadership, it's an ungodly way to lead. Top down to shove things down. That's part one of ABC. Here's part two, and they continue sort of this internal
2: processing. And if the if the EPA can't regulate climate emissions, and this now has to go back to Congress, many people might just be looking at this as more opportunity for gridlock.
1: Uh, that's it exactly, Whit. What we have is a broken Congress on immigration and on climate change. For. most of this century, Congress has been trying to act to find a solution to the immigration uh, issues in this country, to try to act on climate change. And it is such a divided Congress and such a dysfunctional Congress that it cannot make the kind uh, of law that would direct the agency to operate in such a way. And so President Obama, President Trump, President Biden have all now taken upon themselves with their executive authority to try to do something. And, And the court is saying on both these issues, slow down, know that Congress needs to act. Now, I do think one of the things we're seeing is this is a court in the throes of change, an emboldened conservative supermajority now uh, really striking out and looking for areas that it can make a huge difference. And on the climate change case, it really does, as Kate said, impact not just the authority of the EPA, but the ripple effects on other executive branch agencies to try to be creative in addressing problems that Congress is failing to address has been limited by this opinion. And that statement, to be creative. You know what you don't
0: want creative accountants. You want to go to jail, get a creative accountant. You want to go to tax to tax prison, get creative accountants. I didn't say get smart accountants, they'll keep you out of jail. I have a friend of mine who helps very very wealthy people or at least people earning a lot of money, seven figures. I have a buddy who helps them pay very, very little tax. It's the Disney model plus like Disney paying no tax 100% within the law. Now, when you get creative, that's when you find yourself in trouble. We didn't hire these agencies to be creative. The problem is they don't want to go into what broke Congress, what breaks it, what breaks it and what is it that breaks Congress? How is it broken? What did the Lord Jesus do to convince? Who did he visit? Where did he launch? Where, who was the first non-apostle to whom Jesus spoke and said, I am the Messiah? Who was that? It was a woman at a well. Okay, so wow, she's one of the women at the well and, and Jesus picked her out of line. No, she was alone at the well. Why was she alone at the well? Because it was midday. Well, why would someone go to the well at midday? Wouldn't she go like in the heat of the day in the Middle East, you'd go to the well? Yeah, why? And why didn't her husband do that? That's heavy work. Okay, she went to the well by herself because she apparently didn't want to be seen by her townmates, her fellow Samaritans. So she's at the well in the middle of the day. So is the Lord Jesus. Where were the apostles? He said, go to town. They went into the city. Jesus was alone. She's alone there. And when she comes along, the Lord Jesus says, hey, you give me some water? She says, who are you, a Jew, to ask me, a Samaritan woman, for water? And then the Lord Jesus goes into what I think even people who are casual readers of the Bible are familiar with. Of the Lord Jesus saying, the water you get, you, you know, people drink and will thirst again. The water I can give you, you'll never thirst again. And it's in that conversation that eventually, you know, the woman says, I'm aware that the Messiah will come. And the Lord Jesus says, I am he of who you speak. He chose a, a, a woman who was on, I think, uh, by but her seventh marriage. And the man with whom she resided at that point was not, in fact, her husband. And the Lord Jesus revealed to her that he knew all these things about her, all these facts about her. And he met her at this well. He went from the very bottom to convince how by sharing his life. By sharing who he was, by showing what it is to minister to others, by serving rather than being served, what has broken Congress? In my judgment, what has broken Congress are the mockingbird media making stars out of these people, putting their faces on TV. What has broken Congress? Making it comfortable. What has broken Congress? Putting in staff members for life. What has broken Congress? Not recognizing that the virtues of the nation have disappeared and changed. It used to be really hard to get to Washington, D.C., and arduous and terrible. Now it's beautiful. You get first-class seats. On airplanes, you don't pay for. You get housing stipends. My friend uh, Dave Parkhurst at um, Greenhaven Interactive is a Christian conservative man in a world utterly dominated by um, atheists, atheist leftists in the world of technology. And I've often said that it's the simplest thing in the world to figure out if you need Greenhaven Interactive. Now, there's a lot of things that they do, right? They can build websites from the ground up and they can build great ones and mobile websites. And Dave is somewhat of an expert at keeping kids safe online. I mean, he's done that. Right now, what he's noticing is the changes to Google's algorithm is just really messing with people, particularly small businesses, The fact is, and it's sort of a sad fact, if you are not in the top three to five search returns on Google, you're in trouble. Your business is in trouble because that is business going to other people. Big companies will employ a lot of people to work on search engine optimization, or they'll just go out and buy ads. And they'll just pepper the internet with ads on Google so people see their search returns. Dave also levels the playing field in this way. He loves to work with members of this podcast family because Dave is technology for this podcast and is a good, good, dear friend and a great godly man. So he and his team will take a look at your search results. And if they're not correct, and you can determine that before you, before you go to greenhaveninteractive.com, don't waste your own time. Just check your search results. If you're in the top three to five results, sweet. You don't need Dave. If you're not in the top three to five search results, you could pay Google or you could pay a conservative Christian. It's greenhaveninteractive.com. Then you can figure out for your own if you need them. Just as I told you, search your name on Google, greenhaveninteractive.com. So certainly you can't expect ABC News to say, well, these people are, are serving themselves rather than serving others because they work in the same world. Because they live in the same bubble, because they themselves are serving themselves. But so fascinating to extend this from beyond the media to AOC, who is in fact an island unto herself. Do you know that she said um, she she said that she was getting her nails done to protest the uh, abortion ruling. That that was that was the way she was going to resist. Is going to get her nails done. Um, she also apparently wants to abolish the Supreme Court. <laughs> this, this is a thoughtful response from a woman who is the problem with Congress. This is what I just meant. They take people like this and they make them stars. Now, I know there's debate about this. I happen to think that um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, I happen to think she's photogenic. And as an older man, I don't go around reviewing young women, but I think she's cute. She's sort of a cute person. Now, she is, in my opinion, devoid of any form of intellectual rigor or interest. Uh, I couldn't spend five seconds being curious about her. But she's made it into Congress because she is a marketable product because she's cute. She's cute. She's good on camera. She likes to do Instagram. That's that's the full extent of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez because the media so much wants these stars so much they they so admire government they so admire what government can do and God God bless Rush Limbaugh he made a great point about this these are their superheroes these are their gods Alexandria um, Ocasio Cortez talking about um, the Supreme Court's constraint and the EPA's power grab this is basically you don't get to do the um, the Green New Deal th- through the back end she wrote catastrophic. A filibuster carve out is not enough. We need to reformer to do away with the whole thing for the sake of the planet. We need to do away with one third of government. There are three parts of government constitutionally provisioned the executive, the judicial, and the legislative. She wants to do away with the judicial. (laughs) Scrap the whole thing. Let's not have a court. Let's not have juries. What would we we have? We can have ABC's Terry Moran figure out who's guilty. Then Terry Moran can just go back to, ah, it's a militia. Uh, uh, That's Trump. This describes the problem in Congress to a T. It's a broken Congress because there are broken people and we're all broken to some degree, but Congress's brokenness is unique. They're all broken to grift. They're all broken to buyout. They're all broken to bubble think. And I do think that there is massive ground to be gained on term limits. I'm a huge fan, but it can't just be for Congress. There's got to be term limits on staff, but the better way to do this would be an earnings limit. Here's how much money you can earn in government. Cap it. They like capped paychecks. Cap how much you can earn. When you work in government in an official capacity, you top out at X. That's it. That's how much money. And you can, where there's constitutional overrides to that, like the Supreme Court, they get to serve for life. That's in the Constitution, unless there's an amendment. They get to stay. There's six years. So cap it at like, take six years as a senator. What is it, 175 grand? Take that and say, you cap out at 1.2 million. That's it. And cash payment plus your uh, plus your um, your benefits for the time cap it or cap it to some relationship to what america earns that'll stop this quickly see we must recognize and and the left is always talking about how we need to recognize that the country has changed and and ocasio cortez is saying there's so many more people in the country we need to have 900 supreme court justices and she fails to understand or care or, well let's be honest understand that no, 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 the representation system we have, the Electoral College, part of the reason we have the Electoral College is for that dynamic, to keep the country stitched together. So yeah, there is a broken Congress, but they will not get to the brokenness of the Congress. And it's not just ABC. CNN, of course, had to have their little conversation and, and their little bit of a hissy fit about this. CNN's panel was talking about the, the, um, the Dobbs ruling. All right, let's talk about Dobbs. This is, goes back to the abortion thing. This is another perhaps saving grace. Here's why. The Dobbs court, as I understand it, said, yeah, abortion is not in the Constitution. The original court erred when they said it was, and, and, but we're not going to overturn it. So it's unconstitutional, but nah, come on. And so the Roberts court comes in and says, not only is it not constitutional, we are actually going to overturn it. And people now will turn to and say, okay, so then now it's banned. We know that people believe this. It's not. But listen again to this discussion and see how it compares to what we just heard from ABC talking about the EPA.
2: David, beyond the abortion decision, what was your big takeaway then from the president is, as he wraps this NATO summit and everything that he discussed in the press
3: conference? Well, Kate, uh, two of them. First, his biggest problems right now are clearly domestic. And the Supreme Court has, uh, as you've uh, noted earlier, now struck a big blow to three big policy uh, areas that are critical to his domestic agenda. Uh, Abortion, uh, gun control issues, and and now uh, his climate change agenda. And that's got a big impact on his foreign agenda as well, because your power abroad is really a reflection of your power at home. And on everything from climate to uh, other issues, his allies are looking at uh, Joe Biden and saying, is this man uh, marking real change in the way America engages with the world? Or is he just a blip on the way to uh, a much more uh, conservative US government that disengages again? It's gonna be very difficult, Kate, to convince other nations to meet their climate change uh, agreements if you can't promise that the United States will meet its own. And so I think in in many ways, what the Supreme Court has done is crippling to him, not only domestically, but abroad. So it's crippling to
0: make a figurehead or in happier times, a president need to do what the office was designed to do. The office was designed to be a very limited office. Overseeing the military, why do you think the founders said, we need the president to be the chief of the military? Why does he need to be the commander in chief? Why is that? Right. Because in the heat of battle, when there are battle time decisions to be made, that must be made very quickly. So we cannot have a bunch of floor debates on Congress and the Senate or the judiciary jumping in. But that was back in the day when a president declared war. Well, he went to the Congress for the following reasons. I want to declare war against this country. And at that point, then he engaged the second part of government. And the second part of government can say, yeah, we we don't concur. We're not going to go to war with these people over this. No, declined. And at that point, the president is stymied. Now that could turn out to be very, very bad. Those people come and attack us. Now you bet Congress is going to come back and say, okay, go to war. We were wrong. They won't, they'll never see we were wrong, but okay, go to war. Now they attacked us. Now they attacked us, go to war, turn it over to the commander in chief who now can make very streamlined decisions with his military. But that's also backed up by an assumption that the president doesn't want to have his head cut off or to be hung or burned to death because at the time presidents were just as at risk. So it goes back to follow that you would allow that streamlining. But you hear him steer this back over to the EPA and Dobbs and it's crippling to a president. No, it's not. It's crippling to an autocrat. It's crippling to a tyrant. It's crippling to the rolling insurrection. Now, are Republicans willing to step into this? That's the big question. Are they willing? Why would they not? Why would Mitchell McConnell not want to step into this? Why would he not want to go right-size any of this? Why would he not seize this moment? Because I'll tell you, if I were going to run for president, which will never happen, I am absolutely unqualified to be president, fundamentally unqualified. I'm not going to run for office at any time for anything. But if i did i know exactly the platform i'd run on exactly and i would nail it down to one thing um i'll tell you about that one thing in a second so zach abraham at Bower capital management is going to be on the program on friday here's what i want to ask you okay if you're listening to this and you know zach comes on friday do you have questions for him about your finances can you provide a brief scenario? We can't go into a lot of it on the air, but if you're listening to him and you think, wait a minute, I'm in a lot of Bitcoin. Is that wrong? How much Bitcoin could I be in? I want to try and experiment with Zach when he's on is I would like to get questions from you guys. Do you have questions about the greater economy for Zach? Let me know. Just go to the Todd Send us a note there and just say right up top question for Zach Abraham. And I'll present these to Zach during the program. He really likes these opportunities. You know, he's the chief investment officer, Bulwark Capital Management, and he's found this part of his life. God has given him a mission that for Zach is enjoyable. I couldn't do Zach's job for six minutes. I, I, you know what, I would find the nearest 10 story building and jump out headfirst. I I couldn't, I couldn't spend my life with numbers and spreadsheets and observing market behaviors like he does. But that's what he and his team just, This God made them to do this. So he loves to talk to people. This is what I mean. When we were at a Bothell. And we did that speech and thank you all for coming. I, I got to see Zach afterwards. He was, he left after I did. Now, granted, I got there two hours before him, but he left after I did. He was still chatting with people as the, the church, our church host were said, okay, Zach, let's wrap it up. We got to, you know, we got to go home to our families. He loves teaching this stuff. So send in these questions. And by the way, if you have questions and you are five years from retirement, I can't make this any more clear. If you're 10 years from retirement, you can see your risk level is a 10. If you're five years from retirement, your risk level is a 500. It just magnifies. If you're a couple years from retirement, I beg you, get in touch with Zach Abraham's team, and you will, in fact, Zach reviews every single investment portfolio. If you're two and a half years out, your risk level could be at 1,000 because big changes, even simple changes to the economy could mean that you no longer have the money or the resources you thought you had. Call Bulwark Capital Management. They're at 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK. We can also just go right now to knowyourriskradio.com and they'll get in touch with you. Knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management's an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. What is it that would stop Mitchell McConnell from seizing this moment? well, if I was going to run for president, which can never happen because I'm uniquely unqualified, I'm not going to be running for any office. Please, please, I beg you, dear friends, don't send me notes saying, would you consider running for office? The answer is now and always will be no. I know what I'm like around power, okay? <laughs> I think I've probably changed. I know I've been discipled. I could probably do a better job, but it's an intoxicant around which I should not function. Um, I would run 100% on anti-corruption, 100%. And I would run against the bureaucracies. I would personalize it. I would run against it. And I would come out with my platform being, no longer can we have a Washington DC where the people who boss us around earn three times as much money or rather are paid three times as much money as we earn. No more. No longer can we have a Washington DC where eight where where they represent eight out of the 10 spots of top 10 income cities in the country. No longer. No longer can we have a Washington, D.C. that is impervious to depressions and recessions. No longer. As president of the United States, I will demand the creation of a committee by Congress to restructure the pay of staff, to restructure the pay of anyone who's a careerist in Washington, D.C. to right-size it to the American people. As the chief executive, I will take the offices of the, of the alphabet agencies. If I can't dissolve them and I don't think I can, I will take them and, and distribute them around the country. There will be no EPA office in Washington, D.C. There will be many offices in the states that they contend to rule they will be people by folks who live there. The EPA office in Washington state will be people who are living in Washington state. Likewise, in Texas, I will distribute them around the country. They will be there to serve and not to be served. I will do this with every other agency. No one in my administration at the CDC level will any longer be allowed to go without reporting their income. Or the monies they get from pharmaceutical companies. Furthermore, every single meeting between any regulatory agency and any of the agent, uh, of the companies that they regulate will be held in public. For instance. At the CDC level, any and all discussions between the CDC and pharma will be on video live for everyone to watch. All their emails will be stored. Any journalist or private citizen who at any time wants to look at their emails will go to a simple website and a word search will accomplish that. You'll be able to observe them live time. Any and all meetings between, um, in, in my administration, In the part I control, that's the White House, my meetings with lobbyists will be on video. My staff's meetings with lobbyists will be on video. They will be noticed. They'll be put on notice when they come into the White House, the work of the White House, unless it is directly 100% related to national security or a pending attack on this country. Every meeting will be open to the public. You will be able to observe it. I will run on this. I would run on that in a heartbeat. I will run on election integrity. I will demand from Congress a series of steps to make sure that there is never a ballot counted in this country that is not kept in paper form. I would just go right down the middle. I'm running on the most broad, aggressive, anti-corruption ticket in history. That's why McConnell won't do it. People who want to hide things want complication. Mitch can sell EPA regulations. Mitch can pimp them. Kevin can do the same thing, McCarthy. That's one of the other illnesses here. It's not the temple. The one, the moment that Christ showed anger, decided to show that, was of course in the temple and the money changers. But they'd taken his father's house and turned it into a, into a trading house. Well, into a farmhouse selling animals what have they taken our house our common house we're not even allowed in our common house they're selling our common house behind our backs they're selling it it's the same issue with election integrity and i know this is a every four years democrats say the elections are hacked they're stolen until the democrat wins and then they are the safest most secure election in history i should be clear the party does that not just democrats So it's interesting to see that for the same reason that Mitch McConnell does not want to dig into election integrity. Notice this McCarthy doesn't want to touch it. Complications are the hiding place of scoundrels. So they don't want to dig into it, but it's now hitting the Green Party. (laughs) This is a little inside. I love this because it shows that the, the skullduggery is everywhere. Uh, this is from Twitter. Someone brought this to my attention. I love this. Um, this is a lawyer uh, with the Green Party talking to the chairman of the Democrats in North Carolina. And Oliver Hall is the, the lawyer. And he's talking to Chairman uh, Carosta, a Democrat here. So the guy asking the question is the lawyer for the Green Party. And apparently the Green Party came up with a bunch of signatures, valid according to this lawyer. Listen to the response of the uh, of the good party man here the Democrat chair uh, in North Carolina oh and by the way pay special attention to why tyrants love a certain technology
4: I would like to and I'm hopeful that uh, we can get to the bottom of this and it would be my desire personal desire uh, to to see this new party on the ballot but given but given given what's what's in front of us today, I can't in good conscience vote to certify today. So I would like to 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 wait, give our staff enough time to go through this process. If if there's a motion to uh, vote on this today, I will be voting no.
2: Mr. Chairman, may I be recognized? Yeah, this Mr. Hall.
4: Let's make it brief, though, please.
2: Well, thank you. Um, is there any question as to? the validity of the 15,953 signatures that have been validated by state county boards of elections?
4: Uh, Mr. I don't wanna get into the details of a criminal investigation, but I have questions. uh, Sufficient uh, in number to be not willing to vote for certification today. Well, Mr. Chairman,
2: I asked the question because the board is effectively presuming that there is some question as to the validity of those signatures by delaying the certification and possibly rejecting the certification of the Green Party petitions. And um, if there is some presumption here that is operative, uh, the presumption ought to be that validated signatures are valid, unless there is some basis for uh, considering them Invalid or, or at least uh, subject to further investigation. So again, the question is: Is there any basis for considering uh, or, or, or uh, questioning the validity of any one of those fifteen thousand nine hundred fifty-three validated signatures?
4: And, and, and I will thank you for your comments to the board. I will stand by my earlier assertion, and I will ask any other board members if they have questions Mr. chairman you have not answered
2: the question you are now uh, mr voting. hall you're out
4: of order sir go ahead and mute mr hall please um boom i'll ask the mute em. board members if they have
3: any other questions <laughs> that.
4: they love that they love
0: it and this is a warning sign of things to come. And I will again return to when I used to live in the separate country of Washington to tell you where this is all headed. If the Republicans will not seize this moment by running on anti corruption, by announcing to the alphabet agencies that time is over, by reseizing their authority by acting in a constitutionally provisioned way, and one day by consulting the Holy Bible as to what it is to actually be a godly leader and then doing it. This is the second year in a row in the separate country of Washington where there is no legislative session. None. There are legislators in the first class, A, and the second class, B. Only certain legislators get to make four objections. Other ones don't get to make those objections because they're on mute. The party has shrunken the state legislature in the separate country of Washington down to a few select members. Only, only a couple of Republicans stood up against this. Jesse Young and Jim Walsh amongst them. But the bosses of the Republican Party in Washington state, they just let that go. Why? Why? Well, they get to decide who the super important legislators are who actually get to represent their constituents. And we're back where we began. The Supreme Court has given us one last gasp at maintaining a Republican form of democracy. The Lord Jesus gave us a model on what leadership is like What it is to be a godly leader. If those two things come together, we may well save America, which is the greatest consolation prize in history. The main prize being, of course, the saving of our souls and those of others. This is the Todd Herman Show. We certainly appreciate you using the share button on your podcast, it's there, sending shows like this to friends. In the meantime, please do go be well, be strong, be kind. And let's all of us together always concentrate on not just believing in the Lord Jesus, because the demons do that and they shudder, but living like people who believe in him and thank him.